God's strength can empower us to retrieve back what was stolen and restore what was broken. This is the third message in the series, How Prayer Changes Things. The message is entitled, Strengthen Me. Uh, So we are continuing our series entitled, Prayer Changes Things. So we've been talking about prayer, and we've been focusing on specific prayers that impact the things around us, but they also impact us. They, they impact the things in us. And so two weeks ago, Pastor Dale taught us about the Change Me prayer, and last week, uh, Jessica taught us about the Remember Me prayer. If you have not listened to those uh, teachings, let me encourage you to take some time this week to listen to them. They're, they're great teachings. And so today, the, our, our place of focus is the Strengthen Me prayer. We're going to talk about the strength in me prayer. And so we're going to look at a story in, in David's life where we see him pray for God to give him strength. We're going to see this, this time when, when he is in desperate need of strength. Before we jump into the text, just to give some quick context. So, so David, he was called by God, anointed by God to be the second king following King Saul. And so that happens. Uh, David begins to become more popular among um, the people of Israel. Saul becomes increasingly jealous, and he gets to the point where he actually is actively trying to kill David. So David it has been fleeing for years from, from Saul, and he finds himself in uh, Philistine territory. Now, the Philistines are our enemies of Israel. And so David, being Israelite, he's living in the land of his enemies to avoid a different enemy, right? So, so he has the stress of, of trying to protect his life from Saul. He also has the stress of living in enemy territory where he's not always welcome and people are suspicious of him and he has to be very shrewd and very careful about what he does, what he says. And so um, th- this is where we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 30 where, where we're going to see David uh, experience a very challenging, a very sudden circumstance that he wasn't expecting. So let's look at 1 Samuel 30, um, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read 19 verses, so it's going to be a lot of verses. So just bear with me as I read through it, and then I'll summarize the story at the end. 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning at verse 1. Three days later, when David and his men arrived at their, at their town of Ziklag, so that's where they were camped in Philistine territory, they found the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. That's, let's read verse 4 again. I want you to read that with me. They wept. Come on, read it with me. They wept until they could weep no more. We'll come back to that. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, from Carmel were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Okay, read that last sentence with me. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Bezor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook, so David continued the pursuit with 400 men. 
Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong, and where do you come from? David asked him. I'm an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Kirathites and the Negev, the territory of Judah, and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziklag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders, David asked. The young man replied, if you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So David led them, and they found the Amalekites spread across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives, Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. So that's, that's the long story. So let's summarize it. So David and his men, they're living in Philistine territory. They're, they're returning back to their camp in Ziklag where they and their families, all their possessions, all their things are staying in Ziklag. And so when they get there, they see the entire um, camp destroyed and their families are missing. Talk about a, a sudden, very stressful situation. And so the men are, are so distraught that we just read ago that they wept to the point where they couldn't weep anymore. And so now David's men are looking at him, wanting to stone him because their families are missing. And so David, the Bible says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. He prayed the strength in me prayer. He, he leaned in to God. He calls um, Abathar the priest. He, he seeks some wisdom from God, some insight and some direction. God gives them some direction, and then they go out to find the Amalekites. They find an Egyptian. That Egyptian leads them ultimately to the Amalekites. David and his men attack the Amalekites, defeats them, and they ultimately get everything back that was taken from them. And there are some very valuable lessons that we can learn from David and his example about the strength in me prayer. So four things that we're going to talk about regarding strength. Number one, we all need strength. We all need strength. When we think of strength, oftentimes we think of physical strength, right? That's, that's where our mind naturally goes to. But, but when we really take a moment to pause and think about it, strength encompasses a lot more than the physical Yes, that physical strength is, is valuable, but there's other areas where we need strength. So let's define strength. Strength is the capacity to resist or endure great force or pressure. So strength is the capacity to resist something or to endure something, a, a, a force or a pressure. And so in life, we experience all kinds of pressures. The, the, the only pressure that, that we sometimes think that the only pressure we think of is, is physical pressure, but we can experience relational pressure. We can experience financial pressure. We can experience emotional pressure. We can experience spiritual pressure. So there's all different kinds of pressures 
that we will experience and we need to have strength to resist them or endure them. Our character has strength. God's paying attention to the strength of our character and how we navigate the different pressures that we experience. If you want to know the strength of your character, reflect on how you navigate pressure. Consider how you navigate very difficult situations. Consider and reflect on how you navigate sudden situations that are difficult. Consider how you navigate when your expectations are not met. So so there's all these different types of pressures that can come in all different types of ways that we will experience. So let's look at David's example again. Beginning of verse 3. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, verse 4, they wept until they could weep no more. They they were so overwhelmed, they, they were so distraught in that moment, that they were weeping so hard that they got to the point where they literally lost the ability to weep. They, they were so physically and emotionally drained that they lost the ability to weep over what had happened. And maybe you're here and you can, you can relate to that, that sentence there. That there's, there's been times in your life when you've been walking through something very hard, very difficult, and you've wept to the point where you can't weep anymore. David's wives are, are taken, and in verse 6, it, it goes from bad to worse. David was now in great danger because all the men, all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and their daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. So David is physically drained. He is emotionally distraught. And now he's experiencing very significant relational pressure. I mean, that, that's an understatement. It, it doesn't do it justice to say the pressure relationally that he was feeling in that moment. And so th- this is a very serious situation, a very heavy situation. And we all are going to experience significant pressures at different points. The significant pressures that we will experience may not be what David experiences, but life is dynamic. Life is not perfect. Life is full of issues. And the reality is is that we're going to experience significant pressures at different points. Sometimes we see them coming and sometimes we don't. I know there's people in this room right now, those at Frederick Campus, those online, that there are pressures that you're walking through, significant pressures. There are are some pressures that require an immediate response. There are some pressures that require a daily response. And we need strength to respond appropriately, to respond in the way that God's calling us to respond when those pressures come our way. David needed strength in that moment. And he needed strength beyond himself. Because the Bible just told us that he didn't have any strength left. He, he, he was fully drained of his strength. He, he had nothing in, in and of himself to give. And there's going to be times, dear ones, when we're going to be walking through something 
where we will not have any strength on our own left to give. That, and we're going to have to look somewhere else to receive that strength. Maybe that, that looks like an area in, in our family, in our, in our marriage relationship, something going on in our, with our children that we, we, have to, we have to navigate and we need strength for. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a financial situation that we've been doing our best to, to move things forward, but there's a roadblock after, after roadblock, and things don't just seem to progress. And we, we have to figure out how to, how to navigate that God's way. Maybe that looks like you're trying to overcome an addiction in your life or, or an area of brokenness in your life, and you need strength beyond yourself. You see, we all need strength. Why do we need strength? Two reasons. Number one, we need strength to fully engage in God's plan and his purposes for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, let me talk, let's talk about this. A lot of times when we read that verse, and it's accurate to say that God has a grand plan for our life. He, he has a master plan for our life. From, from beginning to end, he has a plan. But he also has a plan for each and every circumstance that we go through. He has a will for how he wants us to navigate the challenges in our life. If we're experiencing a, a financial situation that's really difficult, he has a plan in how he wants us to walk through that. If there's a broken marriage or errors of pain in a marriage or in a family relationship, there, there's a way, there's a will, there's a plan that he has for us to navigate that situation. So yes, he has a grand plan, but he also has specific plans. And so when we're talking about the pressures that we experience and that we have to walk through, there's a plan that God has for us to navigate that specific pressure that we are dealing with, a way that he wants us to either resist that pressure or for us to endure through that pressure his way. James 1 verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. So when we're talking about... Um, needing strength, and we're talking about engaging what God's plan for our life is, there's, there's participation on our part. He, he gives us strength, but he's calling us to actually take some steps of faith in response to the strength that he's offering us and that he's giving us. And so we, but we need the strength to actually respond in strength and to respond in faith in the way that God's calling us to. We need to receive the strength that he has for us. So there's, 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 um, our participation, there's plans and purposes that he wants to fulfill through us, and his strength helps us to do that. Another reason we need strength is because we need to resist the enemy, and we need to resist the world. John 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So there, there, there's a real enemy that has evil plans against us. James 4, verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil— and he will flee from you. So James gives us this exhortation. Hey, you need to resist the devil because he's going to bring some pressure into your life. And as believers, it's our responsibility to resist him. Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The, the world is trying to conform us. Our, our, our world is, is broken, it's, it's not perfect, and it's not exactly going in the direction of pointing us to Jesus. 
And so the world is, is trying to conform us, and as believers, we're called to not be conformed, which means we need the strength to resist the world trying to conform us. So we, we need strength to do that. Point number two, God is the source of strength. So if we, if we understand that we need strength, we need to know where to go to get strength. You see, we all have different needs, but just because we have needs does not mean we satisfy those needs in a godly way. Let's consider we all eat, right? <laughs> and so if, if we're hungry, we can go buy some food, we can cook some food, or we can go steal some food. All those options can satisfy our need of hunger, but some of those ways are godly and some of those ways are not. So we, we have to consider when we're talking about meeting our needs, we need to go to the right place. When we're talking about, hey, I need strength, we need to go to the source of strength and not put other things as the source of strength. See, the, te- the temptation is to put people as our source of strength, to put our possessions or our things as the source of strength, our, our prestige, our job title, as our, our influence as our source of strength. And the reality is, is that all those things will fail us. None of those things were ever designed to be our source of strength. Now, let me be clear. God calls us to be in meaningful relationship with other believers. He calls us to to build those relationships, invest in relationships, and one of the blessings that can come from a friendship or relationship is strength. But God designed people to be a conduit of strength, not the source of strength. We receive strength from God, and as God's filling me up with strength, by his grace, he's going to allow that strength that he's putting in me to come through me. But it's not, that strength isn't ultimately coming from me, because if it's only coming from me, I can promise you that strength is going to run dry. And as, and as much as, as we would like people to always be there, and if we're honest, as much as we expect people to always be there, they're not. That, that's, that's just the truth. And so sometimes we put people on a pedestal. Sometimes we put pastors on a pedestal. Sometimes we put a president on a pedestal expecting these people to be our source of strength when God never designed them to be our source of strength. Only God is our source of strength. Now, we need to remember this. It's our responsibility to decide where we're going to go get our strength. I'm going to say that again. It's our responsibility to choose where we will get our strength. No one else can make that decision for you. You are responsible for that. And God's given us the opportunity to make that choice in that decision. And so we have to consider that that, that's a big decision because whoever or whatever we choose to to be our source of strength will impact the reality of strength that we receive and people will be on the receiving end of true strength from God or false strength from ourselves or from other things. Look at David, uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. But David found strength, read it with me, in the Lord his God. So he found strength in the Lord his God. He he shows us that he understood God is my source of strength. 
Psalm 73, verse 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That, that, that last word is, is a key word, forever. God is perfectly the source of strength forever. He never runs out of strength. If you're ever wondering, does God have enough strength for me? Does he have enough strength for the situation I've been dealing with for, for a month, for a year, for 10 years, for 20 years? Let me tell you, the answer is yes. God is forever the source of strength. Isaiah 12, verse 2, surely God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense, and he has become my salvation. Dear ones, let me encourage us to examine who our source of strength is. God is the source of strength, but the question is, are we going to God as our source of strength? And he invites us to do that. Number three. God's strength is available to us. God's strength is available to us. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 again. But David, read it with me, found, that's the key word, he found strength in the Lord his God. Have you ever been frustrated by looking for something and you can't find it? I mean, that's when, when, you, when you work, work hard, just picture this with me. Have a full day's work. You, you worked hard. You, you put in your full effort. You get home, you're, you're engaging with your kids and, and your spouse, and, and it's all wonderful. The kids go to bed, and, and you're just sitting on the couch, and you're like, oh, man, I would just love a Dr. Pepper. And you go to the fridge, and you open the door, and it's gone. That's, that's just a devastating feeling, right? Not, none of us enjoy that. Now, I know that's, that's a silly example, but when we talk about real life, when we talk about the significant pressures that we're walking through. When, when we're in a, in a crisis and, and we're calling our friend, and for whatever reason, they're not picking up their phone, and, and we need to make an, a decision here and now, we're, we're looking for strength. And, that, and that's, a, that's a terrible feeling when they're not available when we need them. But I want to remind us that God is always available for us. His strength is always available for us. David understood this. He turned to the Lord to be his strength. And he gives us examples. He really gives us some lessons that we can learn about how to experience and receive the strength of God. Four things, very quickly, encourage you to, to write these down. Four things we learn about receiving and experiencing God's strength. Number one, to remember God's presence. To remember God's presence. First Samuel 30, verse 7. Then he said to Abathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. So David called on the priest to inquire God, to go into God's presence, to, to seek some input. Matthew 28 Verses 18 and 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, read this last part with me, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So as believers, we, for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and he, he lives on the inside of us. And so we, we don't need a priest to go into God's presence. We have the, God's presence living on the inside. So we can go at any point, at any time, and inquire of the Lord, seeking his presence. And that's a beautiful promise that God is always with us. People will not always be there for you. As much as we may want to at times, we will not always be there for you. I know this, this might be a hard statement to say, but your spouse will not always be there for you. Your, your friends will not always be there for you. They, they, people will not always be able to meet every single need that you have, but I can tell you this, God is always there for us. Number two, to request God's wisdom. So David reminded himself of God's presence. He teaches us also to request God's wisdom. 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? So he's, David is asking God, are, are we going to catch these guys? Should we go after them? James 1, verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking so we see that if, if we need wisdom, if, if we need input and we need direction from God, God's living on the inside of us, so we have the opportunity to go and ask him. And I love what the verse says, and he will give it to you. He, he's not going to withhold his strength from you. He's not going to withhold his wisdom from you. When we go and ask him humbly and sincerely, the Bible teaches us that he will give it to us. He will not rebuke us for asking. The third thing we learn is to receive God's promises. 1 Samuel 30, verse eight, uh, 7 and 8. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? Verse 8. And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David received a promise from God. Not only yes, you're going to, yes, go after them, but I'm, I'm going to enable you to recover everything that was stolen from you. Psalm 119, verse 50, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my trouble. We can receive encouragement and strength from God's promises. God's promises can anchor us in the middle of the storm, in the middle of whatever is going on in our lives. We can hold on to his promises knowing that if he said it, He's going to fulfill it. He's going to bring it to pass. The fourth thing we learn is responding with faith in God's power. Uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 9. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Bezor. So in, in those first three points that I just said, that was all about us receiving something from God. But there's this dynamic, there's this aspect of us responding to the strength of God, responding to the wisdom of God by taking a step of faith in obedience to what he's calling us to do in that situation. And sometimes we, we, want, we want all the steps that we need to take for whatever situation that we're going through. We, 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 want, we want the full master plan to navigate this significant pressure that we're dealing with. And oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, God will give us one step at a time. And it's hard to take that step, and each step we need strength. Each step we need strength. Day by day, we need strength. 
Every time you're having that, your, that conversation with your teenager who's hurting and is acting out at home, it takes strength every day, step by step. That marriage relationship that you're trying your best to restore and your spouse, for whatever reason, not being responsive, it takes strength to take each day, each step, trusting God and doing it his way to honor them and restore the relationship. It takes steps of faith to, to get your financial situation from an unhealthy place to a healthy place. See, in all these different scenarios and situations we're going through, yes, we're on the receiving end of receiving God's wisdom, his promises, his, his grace, but he's also calling us to participate, to take a step of faith in response to what he's doing in our hearts and in our lives. So God's strength is available for us. Maybe you're here and you're, you're going through something that's really difficult. Whether other people know it or not, maybe it's a, it's a secret internal battle. Maybe it's something going on in, in your family. And, and you've, you've been dealing with it for a while and, and you're tired. And you feel burned out. And, and, and you're just wondering, man, when, when is the breakthrough going to come? When, when is this situation going, going to turn around? You see, it's, it's in these moments where we're tempted to turn away from God and look for strength and a, and a quick fix somewhere else. But I want to encourage us and remind us this morning that God loves you. He remembers you. He sees you. He knows what's going on in your life. And he has the strength that you need and he's willing to give it to you if you're willing to pray for it, if you're willing to ask him for it, to pray the strengthen me prayer. Our God is faithful. I, I don't know who this is for, but this is for someone. God is faithful. And, and, and you're wondering, will God really show up? Will he really give me the strength? God's strength, sometimes it means a uh, uh, very swift breakthrough. That many of us could testify at times when God just showed up and the breakthrough came. But there are many moments in life when God's giving us strength for the day. And I want to remind you that God has strength for you for today. And he has strength for you for tomorrow. And he has strength for you for however long you need it. His strength is available and my encouragement to us is that we will go to him and ask him for it. Number four, God's strength empowers us to do more than what we could do with our own strength. First Samuel 30, starting at verse 16. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amounts of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken. He rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. You see, we see in this story that God gave the men the strength 
to fight the battle that they needed to fight to recover what was taken from them. The Bible says that they fought all night and, in, and the entire next day. I mean, if you, if you think about that from purely a physical standpoint, that, that is very incredible. That, that requires some significant strength and ability to do that. And if we consider the fact that David and his men had been on the move chasing the Amalekites leading up to that point, and then they go into battle, that's, that's, that was God's strength enabling them to bring the victory to fight the fight that they needed to fight and be restored back what was taken from them. Philippians 4, verse 3. Read this verse with me. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Let's read it again and let's read it with conviction. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Whatever your situation is, God's strength is available for you and God's strength is enough for you. He has the strength that we need. His strength will enable us to do more than we could possibly think could happen. That, that, that marriage relationship or that situation with your kids or that financial situation or, or that addiction that you're trying to break free from in your life, sometimes we, we go through these things and, and we lose sight of believing that, man, is, is this going to turn around? Can this turn around? If, if, if we were honest, we think those at different points. And God reminds us in his word that his strength enables us to do all things. It enables us to do all things. So whatever situation you're, you're dealing with, God's strength is more than enough to give you what you need to navigate it his way and to wait for him to bring the breakthrough in your life in the perfect way and in the perfect time. So what did we learn today? That we all need strength. We're, we're all on the, on the same playing field. We all need strength. That God is the source of strength. That God's strength is available to us. And that God's strength empowers us to do more than we could do with our own strength. Let's pray together. Father God, we worship you and we honor you and we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we can come to you as we are with, with the, the burdens that we're carrying and the situations that we're walking through and, and we can lay them at your feet knowing that you remember us, you care about us and that you are actively at work. And Father, I pray for everyone here who is in need of strength this morning. Father, you know the specific needs that they have. You know the specific battles that they're fighting. Father, you know the, the condition of their heart. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them on the inside. You would strengthen them in every area of their life. Father, that you would help them to experience the fullness of your strength and your grace to walk in a way that is pleasing to you. Father, I pray that you would bless and encourage your people. Father, impart fresh hope into the lives of, of everyone who's listening here today. For anyone who's, who's feeling hopeless, Lord God, fill them with fresh hope. We thank you for what you've done 
And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And Father, we also pray for anyone here who does not have a relationship with you. We pray that you would speak to their heart in this moment, that you would draw them toward yourself, and that you would lead them to a personal relationship with you. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.